Good evening, and welcome to this Liturgy of Good Friday from Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chicago, Illinois. The word triduum means three, and our Easter triduum is one liturgy in three parts, and tonight is part two. If you're following along on the PDF version that was enclosed with the e-news and on the webpage and on Facebook, we are on page 18 of that bulletin for Good Friday, page 18. A few things about Zoom Church. Tonight, we will be remaining muted throughout the whole service, including the Lord's Prayer, so please keep yourself muted. We also, on Zoom, have the opportunity to both use speaker view, which was probably a good thing as the norm, so you can see who's reading and singing, but at other times to be in gallery view. And if you're not there now, please go to gallery view, which is in the top right-hand corner, you can change from speaker view to gallery view. And we'll just say hello to everyone. And if you'd like, you may go through the, the several screens there are about three or four, and if you want to turn on your video just for this moment of greeting, that would be great. We greet one another as we continue this sacred Easter triduum. And now, if you'd like to return to speaker view, a couple ideas to enhance your participation tonight, especially your bodily participation. If it's comfortable, comfortable for you, I invite you to kneel for the bidding prayer. Those are a lot of collects and we wonder why are all these prayers part of the Good Friday liturgy until we realize that on this day that Christ died for the world and re we remember God's love for the world, that we pray for the entire world, which is especially poignant on this day when the pandemic has nearly all churches without bodily worshipers throughout the world. Secondly, during the Lord's Prayer, if it is a custom for you, or you might even try it, to pray with your palms outstretched as, as a posture of openness. And finally, right before the adoration of the cross, if you've gathered a cross and you still could have time to do that if you have one in your house, we'll have you hold up the cross in gallery view. And, and during that adoration of the cross, following that procession that we have, you might hold the cross in your hand. You might bow or kiss the cross or simply honor that in some way as we do in the liturgy normally on Good Friday. We'll pause for a moment and then begin with the liturgy of Good Friday. Let us pray. Almighty God, look with loving mercy on your family 
for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed, to be given over to the hands of sinners, and to suffer death on the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. Just as there were many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of mortals. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which had not been told them, they shall see. And that which they had not heard, they shall contemplate. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering, acquainted with infirmity, and as one from whom others hid their faces. He was despised and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him, the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish, he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge, the righteous one my servant shall make many righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. 
Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are the Holy One, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors put their trust in you. They trusted and you rescued them. But as for me, I am a worm and not human scorned by all and despised by the people. All who see me laugh me to scorn. They curl their lips, they shake their heads. I have been entrusted to you ever since I was born. You were my God when I was still in my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. I am poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint. My heart within my breast is melting wax. Packs of dogs close me in, a band of evildoers circles round me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones while they stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among them, for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far away. O my help, hasten to my aid. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall bow before God. They shall proclaim God's deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying to them, The Lord has acted. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. 
Jesus with, went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, let these others go. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He came into the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. So the soldiers, their officer, and the Judean police arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Judeans and that it was better to have one person die for the people. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul, to bear the dreadful curse for my soul. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. So Pilate went out to them and said, 
What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Judeans replied, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? I am not Jewish, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Judeans. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So you are a king? You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into this world, to testify the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Judeans again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas! Now Barabbas was a bandit. God so loved the world that God gave the Son the only begotten one, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, and the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Judeans answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? You would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Judeans cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Judeans, here is your king. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but the emperor.
Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down, when I was sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown, Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Judeans read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then to his disciple he said, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. This is my commandment, that you love one another. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. To God and to the Lamb I will sing, I will sing. To God and to the Lamb I will sing. To God and to the Lamb is the great I am. While millions join the 
One of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Judeans, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at the first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with spices in linen cloths, according to the Jewish burial custom. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ. From death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing God's love for me. And through eternity, One of the memes that caught my attention during this stay-at-home COVID-19 time says, this is the lentiest Lent I have ever Lented. Maybe you feel this way too. You've been asked to give up things that you didn't intend to, handshakes and hugs, walks along the lakefront, socializing in cafes, bars, and restaurants. Not necessarily for Lent, but certainly for the common good and for the love of neighbor, which is a spiritual discipline and practice, and therefore a Lenten discipline. Now today, Good Friday, feels like the most Good Fridayest Good Friday I've ever Good Friday. In some ways, it doesn't feel like Good Friday at all, because we're not gathered in a dimly lit church waiting in silence the deeply meaningful rituals and practices that mark this day begin. We won't be kneeling before the cross, touching it with our hands or a kiss. So it's nothing like the Good Fridays of years past, 
And that's exactly why today feels so Good Friday-ish. The whole week has felt Good Friday-ish. A whole month. Nothing is the same, and it seems that everything has changed. There's a collective anxiety that hangs in the air. We feel the heaviness of death all around us. Even if we do not personally know someone who has died from the virus, we likely know someone who has the virus or know someone who lives in a vulnerable place like a nursing home, prison, a detention center. We're terrified for someone whose essential job puts them at risk. Or we're worried we might get it ourselves or maybe we already have. The grief that we share is palpable in these Good Friday times because there is so much loss. Loss of employment, shattered dreams for senior proms and graduations, loss of physical comfort to be with someone a hug, and countless people who are dying alone, unaccompanied by their families in their final hours. One of the theologians that I follow, Debbie Thomas, the story this week about her own experience of grief and loss. Several years ago, her daughter had been admitted to the hospital for anorexia. And soon after her admission, the doctors told her that she would not be able to see her depressed, malnourished child for several days. She says that she walked out of the hospital and ended up in a Catholic gift shop. And a woman who was working there asked her if she could help with anything and Thomas just burst into tears and said nothing. The woman left for a minute and then came back with a tiny crucifix on a silver chain and then placed it in Debbie's hand and said, hold this, keep it with you. Only a suffering God can help. Thomas said she'd been thinking about that a lot since the coronavirus pandemic began. Only a suffering God can help. God is with us in the very midst of our loss and terror, mourning with us and for us. When we feel most vulnerable, most broken, most hopeless, we look to the very heart of who Jesus is revealed to us on the cross. On this Good Friday-ist of Good Fridays, and in all times of sorrow, loneliness, betrayal, and grief, God is with us. And we look to the crucified one who bore our suffering and draws all people to himself. Now, I'll be honest with you all, or as Brene Brown encourages, I'll be vulnerable. I do not like Holy Week 2020. I'm disappointed that we won't be together for Easter Vigil tomorrow night. And I'm afraid that we'll never, never be able to shake hands or hug again at the passing of the peace. I'm longing, longing to be with you for a Eucharistic feast, placing bread in your hands and saying, the body of Christ given for you. And in general, I'm just tired, uncertain, and afraid. Who knows how many more will die? 
how many more sorrows, disappointments, and farewells will we face? I don't even want to say it out loud because it just seems too much to bear. And then there's a whisper. Only a suffering God can help. And I imagine Mary standing at the foot of the cross, eyes swollen with tears, her heart breaking, her lungs gasping for air as she watches her son dying for the suffering of the world. Her grief, our grief, the world's grief are held in the arms of the crucified one this night and every night. Our suffering and sorrow, our doubts and despair, our agony and anguish are joined not only to Christ, but to the brokenness of all creation. And yet in John's gospel, what looks like defeat is victory. What seems like an ending is a new birth. And maybe all we can hope is that God will be here tonight in our flesh and that somehow the cross will be to us healing and resurrection. When our bodies cannot gather together to observe this solemn sign of salvation, as we usually do on Good Friday, kneel before the cross, touch it, kiss it, meditate and pray in the presence of others, what we can do is trace its movement over us on this Good Friday 2020. No, we cannot be together. But yes, we are deeply bound to Christ and to one another in this saving sign. Trace it on yourselves and on your loved ones, even through a screen. Behold, the life-giving cross on which was hung the Savior of the whole world. Amen.
For me, kind Jesus, was thine incarnation, thy mortal sorrow, and thy life's oblation, thy death of anguish, and thy bitter passion. For my salvation. Before our prayers today, I invite you to kneel as you are able and comfortable. Let us pray, siblings in Christ, for the Holy Church throughout the world, for those who meet at home on these holy days, and for those isolated due to illness or age. Almighty and eternal God, you have shown your glory to all nations in Jesus Christ. By your Holy Spirit, guide the church and gather it throughout the world. Help it to persevere in faith. Proclaim your name and bring the good news of salvation in Christ to all people. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for Elizabeth and Yehail, our bishops, for Craig, Michelle, and Ben, our pastors, for deacons and for all servants of the church and for all the people of God. Almighty and eternal God, your spirit guides the church and makes it holy. Strengthen and uphold our bishops, pastors, other ministers, and lay leaders. Keep them in health and safety for the good of the church. And help each of us in our various vocations to do faithfully the work to which you have called us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for those preparing for baptism. Almighty and eternal God, you continue to bless the church. Increase the faith 
and understanding of those preparing for baptism, affirmation of baptism and confirmation. Give them new birth as your children and keep them in the faith and communion of your holy church. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the Jewish people, the first to hear the word of God. Almighty and eternal God, long ago, you gave your promise to Abraham and your teaching to Moses. Hear our prayers that the people you called and elected as your own may receive the fulfillment of the covenant's promises. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the Muslim people, children of God's covenant with Abraham, and who also adore the one merciful God. Almighty and eternal God, the children of your covenant are more numerous than the grains of sand. Grant to all who share faith in you, the merciful judge of all humanity, to live in peace and tranquility. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who do not share our faith or do not believe in God. Almighty and merciful God, you gather into your embrace all those who call out to you under different names or honor mystery in diverse ways. Bring an end to interreligious strife and make us more faithful witnesses to the love you have made known to us in your Son. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for God's creation. Almighty and eternal God, you are the creator of a magnificent universe. Hold all the worlds in the arms of your care and bring all things to fulfillment in you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for those who serve in public office. Almighty and eternal God, you are the champion of the poor and oppressed. In your goodness, give wisdom to those in authority so that all people may enjoy justice, peace, freedom, and a share in the goodness of your creation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for those in need.
Almighty and eternal God, you give strength to the weary and new courage to those who have lost heart. Heal the sick, comfort the dying, give safety to travelers, free those unjustly deprived of liberty, give hope to the unemployed, and deliver your world from falsehood, hunger, and disease. We remember especially those afflicted by the coronavirus and all caregivers and first responders. Hear the prayers of all who call on you in any trouble, that they may have the joy of receiving your help in their need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now I invite you to put on the gallery view of your computer so that we can see the whole community as we say the Our Father. And as we do at Holy Trinity, I invite you to use the bodily posture of openness, this ancient Orant's posture. Finally, let us pray for all those things for which our Lord would have us ask. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Staying in gallery view, if you have a cross with you, let's all hold it up right now for others to see. Go ahead and scroll through the screens if you'd like. And as we move to the adoration of the cross, if you're comfortable standing now, you may stand. And then after the responses, be seated once more. Behold the life-giving cross on which was hung the savior of the world. Oh, come, let us worship him. Behold the life-giving cross 
on which was hung the Savior of the world. O come, let us worship him. Behold the life-giving cross, on which was hung the Savior of the world. O come, let us worship him. We glory in your cross, O Lord, and praise your holy resurrection. For by your cross, joy has come into the world. May God be merciful and bless us. May the light of God's face shine upon us. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May God give us blessing. And may all the ends of the earth stand in awe. We glory in your cross, O Lord and praise your holy resurrection. For by your cross, joy has come into the world.
We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. By your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. 